Today on the Trading Coach Podcast, we're going to talk about developing your perfect trading portfolio. If you guys are not familiar with what a trading portfolio is, it is a, a group of investment assets that put together to work as one unit, essentially. Now, common sense may say that, hey, I just want to take the best performing things and throw it into this bunch, but I'll tell you what, that's not always the case. We're going to dig into exactly why that is right now. Um, all right, one more quick question before the break. Good, good. the voice is dying. Um, I heard you say treat each pair as you would treat your employees individually. Yep, I can't take credit for that. That's a great a Jason Greystone quote, but I agree 100%. Um, I am eye-testing observations. I notice some pairs move a lot slower and messier than others. Zero pound. Um, Aussie Canada. <clears throat> um, for example... The New Zealand dollar, I find more setups than on the Canada yen, which in my opinion, I find a lot slower and sometimes choppy. Therefore, should I take those things into consideration when deciding to trade certain pairs um, or looking at frequency? Yeah. Certainly. Yep. I don't trade the euro pound. I actually think the euro pound is a pretty decent pair as far as my trading style goes. Like I, I'm pretty good at predicting it. I'm predicting stuff on the euro pound. It, it tends to kind of follow through with what, what, what I believe are like the technical rules. Like there are some pairs that I just don't, they don't care about technical rules. Not that the market should, but like, you know, like if a double top happens at structure, you would expect some type of retracement, right? Stuff like that, where some pairs just like, they'll give you double top at the double top at double top and they'll just keep breaking up. Like they don't care. Um, I actually like the Euro pound, but it is so slow that it's not worth my time. It is so slow that it's not worth my time, right? The, the, the amount of opportunities I get on the euro pound and not only that, but the amount, of t- the, the, the amount of time that it takes for those opportunities to play out is just too slow. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, what does the amount of time that the opportunity takes to play out? Why does that matter? Who can tell me? Um, I don't know if it will correlate with your personality necessarily. Um, it could. It could. I, th- I think more more so is just with your with your. Uh, I, I, you need a certain amount of frequency. You need frequency to get to to be profitable. Um, but yeah, here's a little question. Yeah, overnight fees and psychology. Yep. Now roll rollover swaps can be positive or negative, uh, depending on the interest rates between the two. But like, um, if you have a pair that takes that you're in trades forever and it's not a very big moving pair. Um, you run the risk of your your fees just chopping more and more into your profit. Again, I, I've had situations where I've been in trades for like months, and you know sometimes they lose, sometimes they win, but you, you end up paying a pretty penny <laughs> holding it for a month, especially if there's not a lot of movement out of it. Um, but yeah, you certainly want to take that into account. I think if you can, if you have the option to choose a pair that has a higher trade frequency and a lower trade frequency, take the higher trade frequency. Right? We want to be in trades. I don't think there's any point in, in, in trading a pair that gives you like two opportunities a year when you can trade something that gives you like ten. So if if, if that's that could be one of the considerations when building your portfolio, if you know you want to have six pairs. And you're kind of down to that six one, and you don't know which one to pick. Pick the one with that, that has similar results, obviously, right? You don't want, don't pick a pair that has horrible results. But if they have similar results, pick the one with more frequency, the one that gives more opportunity. 
But yeah, different different pairs have different personalities. Some are going to be better for certain strategies. Some are going to be better for other strategies. Um, and, and the funny thing is when you go through your portfolio and, and developing it, it, it is more it is, it is even more similar to picking your employees, right? So I don't know how many of you guys have picked employees, but you want to you want a good culture on your team. So if you have someone with a feisty personality, you may want to have what I always call them the glue people. You may want to have someone with a neutral personality to kind of counteract that feistiness, someone that can deal with that one, where it's like you get one person that's fiery, you get another person that's kind of in the middle that like is just a calming presence, right? That helps make a good team, right? A good team is not always about having the best players. It's about having the, the best kind of um, culture, the best complement of players. You get one player to complement another. Again, if you put... If you put, if, you know, basketball is a good example. We, we, we say there's always, there's only one ball, right? If you put five scorers, five people that all they do is score. These could be the, the five best scorers in the world. You put them all on the same team, it's not going to work. Because there's only one ball. Only one person can score at a time. And if everyone wants theirs, there's going to be some friction. You're probably going to, most of the time, the top scorers also don't play good defense. So now you got defensive gaps. So you see these random players, and this is this is how I was when I played basketball, where I'll get a good example too. There was this guy named Malik Rose. He came from a very small school in Philly. He was a, a band guy and he was big, and they said, Hey, you should play basketball. He started playing basketball. He made the NBA. This guy did basically, and Dennis Rodman is another one, probably more popular one. He did nothing but rebound and play defense. Like he didn't really score, he just he was there, he rebounded, he played good defense. And he played in the league for about, I think, like 15 years, got like three championships and a lot of money. Why? Because he was an important piece of a team, right? If a team had scorers and they needed someone that didn't need the ball, he didn't need the shoot, he could just go in there and play good defense and rebound. And he was a great complement to a few championship teams, which is pretty cool. That's how I was in basketball. I played, I played really good defense and got steals and passed it well. Now, unfortunately, I didn't think I was good because I wasn't scoring. So I, I kind of mentally psyched myself out because where I'm from, it's like, oh, if you're not scoring 50 points a game, you're not good. But yeah, you, so you need a compliment. So sometimes when you're building that portfolio, what you'll notice is you have a you may include a pair that isn't the greatest performing pair, but it's steady Freddy. And it balances out your portfolio because what you'll notice is you'll you'll have different results. So you you may some of your best pairs may also be your most volatile pairs, Antonio. So like a pound yen, a pound yen may be your best performing pair. It makes the most profit in the market. But guess what it also does? It takes the most hits, right? You got to deal with some drawdown to get that profit. So if you have a few pairs that are like that, that are very profitable, but take these drawdowns that maybe you're not like that maybe you don't like too much. If you have a few pairs that are steady Freddy, that's diversification, right? It balances that portfolio out. Now, when those big pairs are, are going through those drawdowns, you've got these steady pairs that are kind of keeping you somewhat afloat until the next extension for those big pairs. So I've worked with many traders where they've looked at a pair, we've worked on developing portfolios and they've put in pairs that just aren't that great. As far as like, they're like, ah, they're, they're profitable. They're, you know, they're nothing special just because it balances out the portfolio. And when you balance out the portfolio, if you're using a, a money management system, it allows you to kind of increase your money management, your risk management and, and, and be more profitable that way. It's very interesting. 
but you, you don't really see the, the full story until you, you do your back testing. You have all your results and you start kind of patching them together into an equity curve. You're like, so what if I take these two? What if I take those two? Um, that's my favorite part of building a strategy is after I have all the individual numbers, kind of piecing them together and seeing what the bigger picture looks like. Ooh, it's great. And you get that equity curve and then like sometimes it's choppy and you just move it out. And you're like, ooh, right? It's, that's, it's cool. Um, getting to that point sucks. I hate back testing. I love it. Just not, I love the beginning and the end. I hate the middle. It sucks. But that's the cool part. So yeah, you're, you're dead on. Uh, real quick, Duncan says, before we take our break, all blacks, number one. All blacks, Duncan. Nah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. All blacks, number one. Uh, rule number one, no dickheads. Ah, <laughs> uh, should, shouldn't have said that if this is going to be a podcast. Supposed to keep it clean. Um, no penis heads. That's a, a, a appropriate word to use. Which is, it's interesting we don't use that that word more it's scientifically correct but people are afraid of the word penis it's a science it's a scientifically correct name for something um regardless of how good they are rule number two you have to earn the right to sweep the dressing room for the team normally done by the team manager coach and captain great culture and great tradition with the all blacks yep i love the pre-match routine gets me pumped and i would i would i would never never play against them after that I would just concede. You know what? We don't. We don't. We just. You just win. Let's let's just call it a day. All right. Break time. Good discussion. I'm gonna recharge, lubricate the throat, and then we'll be back and uh, continue on with our day. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, I'm on YouTube. Check me out. YouTube search Akil Stokes. A new weekly trading edge video each and every weekend. Sharing with you the top three trading ideas that are on my radar for the week ahead. And of course, a brilliant psychological lesson or some sort of lesson that will push you forward in your trading journey. And I'm there every day of the week as well. Well, at least Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays for the live stream of my top trading idea of the day. YouTube Akil Stokes. Subscribe. Hit the bell. See you there.